Welcome back to the Work Mija podcast, the podcast where mujeres empower mujeres. I'm your host, Sochi Carmona. Today, I'm joined by Lisbeth Vargas. Lisbeth is a first-generation community builder and Chicago native. A marketer by training, she has successfully grown companies in the tech and cannabis industry. In 2018, she was inspired to launch Canna Marketing You, an educational community aimed at increasing the involvement of Black and Brown professionals in the cannabis industry. Since then, she has risen as a tech leader and continues to be an advocate for generational wealth and social equity, actively creating content on Instagram and sharing her hot takes on Twitter. I am so excited to have her here on the podcast. Welcome, welcome, Lisbeth. Hola, hola. What's up? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, for sure. Super duper excited. And before we get into getting to know Lisbeth, let's get to know her astrologically, soulfully a little bit. And she was kind enough to share her astrological placements, what we call our top three. So first we have sun sign, your identity and where you shine. Lisbeth is a Virgo sun. These are very detail oriented, analytical, can be a bit of perfectionist, you know, type people, very logical. I like to look at them as a more focused Gemini coming from a Gemini. I was like, I wish, I wish. <laughs> moon sign, which rules your body and emotions. She is a Leo moon, fiery little moon. These fire placements, moons, I feel like are prone to that burnout. <laughs> They're typically warm and generous people. They have an inner light and want to let that light shine on others. You know, with the fire moon can sometimes be a bit dramatic, you know, when you need to be, but it's good for the soul. It's good for the soul. Let it out, mija. And finally, her rising sign, which is your motivation for life. This is a great placement to kind of really get in tune with it. Just kind of rules like the rest of your chart leads the way. She is a Sagittarius rising so am I. I vibe. I vibe. So these are and I'm not, you know, just writing this on there because I also am. But bright and sunny disposition. <laughs> uh, there is a sense of optimism. There's an optimistic approach to life here. And sometimes it's like, I really can't give you a reason. I just got that feeling, you know, um, very cheerful, energetic and fun, loving people. So that's a little bit about Lizbeth. Anything here that you totally vibe with that you totally like saw in general, you're in tune with you know what's so funny one of the things that i always refute about being a virgo is the perfectionist until i realize that i refuse the word but i'm so about like i want things how i want and i want them to look how i want and i am so focused on like delivering my feedback warmly but still being in control and funny enough i just figured out that i'm a sagittarius rising my whole in the last three years that i have gotten into astrology i thought i was born uh in the uh, a.m and i was born in the p.m time and so in the last week of just doing this assignment as you know virgos love assignments <laughs> Um, diving into that. So that's been really cool because I thought originally I was cancer rising and I would lean into that as a way of balancing out. Well, I'm so logical, but you know, cancer rising, that's why I'm so emotional and sometimes, you know, make decisions uh, without logically thinking them through. That was a Leo moon. <laughs> so I, I love when I talk with people that in, are into it and explain it to mm -hmm. me because it allows you to do that like third-party perspective of someone analyzing you. But I love that about this podcast because I think it helps to give some perspective into the person that you're interviewing. So this is one of my favorite parts. 
Oh, for sure. I love getting to know like birth chart placement of like leaders and just like business owners, creatives. It's like, oh, it gives you a little insight into like how they work. And Sagittarius Rising, let me tell you, Sagittarius Rising, we are always on a journey. Sometimes I don't go nowhere and I be on a journey at home in my mind and whatever you're doing. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and this business journey of yours? Absolutely. So I am a first generation Mexican American. I often call myself a pocha because I feel so connected to Mexican culture. And as a child of, you know, the diaspora wanting to connect back to, you know, your your source and the culture that you connect the most with. So I did not come from a family of entrepreneurs. My path was very academic. And so I'm also a bookworm. So when you're saying like getting lost as a Sagittarius rising, it makes sense because I love books. <laughs> That's awesome. And did you like start off in tech and marketing? Like, what does your journey look like? Like, where did you like in school? Did you know, like, this is what I want to do? Or did you start with something else? And kind of how did you get into that industry? You know what? I think that I have a very typical firstborn path, which is I, my parents supported me emotionally, financially, physically the best that I could. But culturally, there was a huge divide. So I was a firstborn. My parents and I are only 20 years apart. So right there, that's a huge uh, undertaking because it's kids raising kids. But I they always focused on education. And so when it came time for in high school, I actually started taking college credit classes to graduate uh, You know, early for college. So I wanted to be a lawyer as a firstborn Mexican, my path, I wanted to be a corporate lawyer, which is so funny to me now that I've been on the other side of corporate world, but um, I ended up graduating undergrad in three years. So I flew right through it. I stayed at home. Uh, my parents had this ideology of like, we're a team, right? So that's very much a, a way to parent parentify somebody into I thinking that like your academic achievements is part of our success, but you also have to contribute to the emotional well-being of all of us and the physical stability of your siblings. And so for me, it was like, how quickly can I finish undergrad? I went to DePaul. Um, I became very jaded because I, I was in the art school. And so that was in Lincoln Park. So I was like hustling my ass trying to get between school and my parents picking up my siblings and still living at home. And here's beautiful brownstones that I felt were out of my reach. And so from that moment, I really started analyzing like, what does a corporate lawyer mean? Um, at my second year of, of, uh, at DePaul, I actually started working uh, part-time for Teach for America, mm -hmm. which is this non-for-profit that puts uh, teachers into uh, disproportionately impacted areas, social equity areas. And um, I only, I didn't even finish the program because I felt like I was not emotionally and, and adequately prepared to be in the, in the position that I was placed. But being a, a high school teacher made me realize in my gap year, here's my Virgo intense self. In my gap year, I taught high school, um, which taught me a lot about standing up for myself, what I wanted to, what out of life. And here I was 20 years old with braces, teaching people that were my age and we're only like six years apart. And so my trajectory was I finished undergrad and I, as I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life, living someone else's dream of my parents' dream of being a lawyer, I got a little bit lost and I was doing marketing stuff for Teach for America. It was recruitment just before I actually applied and got into the program. Um, the other beautiful thing, and I just have the, the, I work hard, but I have the greatest luck. I was able to get placed in Chicago. So Teach for America, like you could end up in the middle of mm. you know, Mississippi or have these future culture shock, which a lot of people were having. 
um, to getting to stay home, which was a huge win for me. And I, I was very proud and accomplished in that. So um, reflecting that year that I taught was the hardest, one of the hardest year of my life. That's 2014. I just was not prepared to be out in the world. I was 20 years old, you know, and I, here I was, I had already checked off all these boxes, right? I finished college. I have a job. I had a part-time job at an established organization. Um, I'm jaded because people don't look like me. They don't sound like me. Uh, my students, I went to, I taught at a charter school that was very political, like policing. The, our student body was a big thing with demeanors and the structure and you had to be a hard ass. And I had to be a hard ass because I had braces. And so in all that is when I figured out, like, I love marketing. I love storytelling. I was a very strong uh, copywriter. Uh, my bachelor's is English literature, which is kind mm. of fun to me because I love reading and I spent like a year reading romance and like different times, you know, through, through time. Um, but the funny thing was, is that those were transferable skills that I was advised by a high school uh, counselor, like, Hey, English literature translates very well into law school, but also turned out to translate very well into uh, marketing and sales enablement and, and leadership. And so um Going through that journey made me realize I wanted to be in marketing. I was also very like tech savvy. I was, I loved my space. Like here I was coding songs and no, nobody could stop. And so I didn't even explore that. That's another thing that I reflect on. Like I didn't explore my tech tendencies. I always labeled myself a marketing person, a non-tech person in tech, but that ultimately changed in uh, one of the last companies that I was at where I was able to make impact on products. So all that to say that I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, no 18 year old should be tasked with figuring out their entire life. Uh, I made a lot of wrong decisions along the way, but um, I ended up even having to go back to grad school to get into tech. And so one of the things that I regret the most was not exploring entrepreneurship sooner. I think that because I was the firstborn, because there was just no clear way. No one in my family had a business. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with collecting a paycheck. Like I come from working people. My, my mom still, uh, I'm not proud to say this, but still works six days a week. So I think that I, I felt the weight of, of the world on my shoulders on how to improve. And so I challenged myself to get these leadership positions and to put myself in places where I had to get over not being, I had to get over being the only Latina in the room. I had to get over being the only person that looked like me in the room to be able to advance and then make real impact to where now that I'm on the other side of the table and I'm hiring, like people are able to reflect my beliefs and, and what I think the diversity in teams should look like. So it's been a wild ride, <laughs> all that. <laughs> oh my gosh, just unpacking that. I was like, sometimes I think I should switch it up and be like, let me guess your astrological placements because I think just from saying that like you're saying storytelling writing that is Sagittarius rising AF like <laughs> they are the storytellers they like like even for myself as a Gemini as it is it's like you want me to tell you story well what happened was we have to start from the beginning but then the Sagittarius rising is like set the scene that's the vibe like so and writing too you know with like those type of skills and getting into marketing, like what aspects of marketing, like is your passion or your focus? Cause you know, we have digital marketing, we have social media marketing. Like what is it that you find is like, you just love. So I have a very traditional path because my first real break into tech, I sold tractors like <laughs> farmer's tractors. 
like the cars.com for tractors where I had to learn the different, like all the different agricultural like things that people needed. And so that was very traditional. That was like flyers and marketing and like emails and um, events. And so my trajectory in, in, in both tech and cannabis has allowed me to really be an army Swiss knife of marketing. So I can do strategy, I can create, I can edit, I can produce on the tech side, I can code uh, to a certain degree, obviously, uh, as far as like building sales enablement, landing pages and all that jazz. I think that what I've enjoyed the most has been the business development aspect of it, you know, building these funnels where we don't have to work harder. We have to, you know, work smarter to be able to achieve these sales goals. Um, as of late, I've really have enjoyed branding and, and content creation. I think that I have worked so long on the backstage and making sure that everything runs smoothly that in the last couple of years, as well as the enablement of, of social media changing, right? Like I think 2018, when I was growing our, our Instagram following, like there was less emphasis on showing yourself. And I was more focused on building the brands that I was behind. Uh, but in 2020, you know, when I became a front-facing uh, leader in tech, it was very important for me to show my face. It was very important for me to get to people in a different way. And so I do love content now. Um, I think it's a slippery slope because it is an easy way to burn out the feedback, the ego. It's, it's hard to not attach yourself to what you're seeing. But I will say that my biggest thing when it comes to community building and, and it's very powerful to own your community. So Instagram goes down and you can't reach your folks. Like you should have emails, you have uh, their phone numbers. I've done SMS texting uh, campaigns as well. So I've been in the game now, eight years. I've been in marketing now for eight years that I've seen and done it all paid billboards. And that's been really cool. Um, and that's really been at the fact that I've been able to grow up the corporate ladder because I did have an academic background because your experience snowballs. And I, one of my biggest skill sets has been negotiation, has been leveraging what I know, has been understanding a situation to um, really like be able to not only toot your own horn, but say like, this is what I bring to the table here, are my skill sets, and this is what you're missing. Um, and that's something that I genuinely equate to uh, being young in the workforce, like I started in the workforce at 20. So um, I was working with people sometimes twice my age, you know, I was the youngest person on the team most of the time. And in the last couple of years, I have not. And it's so refreshing because I definitely, you want to work, you know, with people across, uh, you know, your age groups. And I learned so many things when there, there is a diversity in age. Uh, but I think one of the funnest things about marketing is getting to meet people like you that are just doing their thing and creating and building and having fun with it and getting to just be a little part of that. That's awesome. And, you know, having been a marketer in the tech industry and different industries, different like businesses, at what point were you like, okay, I am going to create something myself? I, you know, how, how did that come about? So funny enough, in 2018, when I had left, uh, I helped found a cannabis dispenser here in our home state of Illinois. And that was a, one of my very first leadership positions. I was the director of marketing communications. I built out their marketing, their sales team. I, I basically built out the back end that wasn't uh, them selling the plant. And so it was a very rewarding experience. I learned a lot. Um, but it was also one of the things that made me realize at the time that like, you need a lot of money to do things. And at, mm -hmm. at the time I wanted to be in cannabis. So 
what ended up happening was in, in 2018, I was so jaded about the fact that I don't have millions of dollars. I can't go open a dispensary. I don't know anybody who has the capital to do that. And, and from the back end, there's so many obstacles so that there's a reason why there's no black and brown ownership of dispensaries in the city proper of Chicago, which is a whole topic in itself. Mm-hmm. But um, I always loved tech because I was innovative. Like I was really attracted to like being able to work from your phone, like finding solutions and building a business from your laptop. In 2020, I started working for CashDrop, which is an e-commerce platform because I was drawn to that mission of ownership. And I think it was maybe like this childhood dream of like, I never saw that in my life. So why can't we teach other people? Like it took me six years to figure out what I wanted to do. And I have siblings who are 20, 22, 16. And now that they're at that stage where my sister's uh, finished in college, she graduates in a couple of weeks. Shout out to Arely, love mm-hmm. you boo. Um, and so for me to be able to say, Hey, you don't have to go direct to grad school. Let's figure out, let's explore some things that you want is so powerful for me because I have been able to emotionally support my siblings in a way that my parents just could never. And it's not because of a lack of wanting it's a, it's a lack of understanding accessibility. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And kind of doing that, was that something like, did you start like your own kind of entrepreneurship journey? Like, did you do that part-time or was it like a side hustle or did you just jump? As you can imagine, um, in 2018, I wanted to climb up the tech ladder. So I was working full-time. I was going to grad school and I launched Canada Marketing U. So I was literally doing the most. And when I first started Canada Marketing U, I focused on email marketing because it was one of the easier channels for cannabis businesses. So I had a handful of little accounts of CBD, smaller accounts that, you know, weren't anything major that would make me change my full-time job, but mm-hmm. it allowed me to grow in the cannabis space. So I continued to flourish in tech. I, you know, was able to do three cannabis companies and climb up to, you know, corporate leadership positions during that time, while also staying very connected through Canon Marketing U. In 2019, the year after that, I hosted a 26-person panel called the Cash Into Cannabis Summit, which showed people how to enter the cannabis industry. It was mostly led by black and Latina women, which was amazing. I think it was one of the first like digital summits of its time too, cause that was 2019. So I'm also like the one that like lets things slip. So I, I'm like, I wanna talk about that more to let people know that's a resource out there. But I was always very involved in cannabis. And my biggest thing with both tech and cannabis is that there's needs to be more people that look like us that reflect different cultures because Despite the innovations of both of those industries, you walk into a lot of meetings and you're like, what? And Mm -hmm. for so long, I was trying to be the savior of like, let's, you know, let's do all these, let's do this outreach versus no, I'm going to teach these white people. Let's have this tough conversation. And then let's figure out how to support black and brown people once you hire them. Cause it's not about just hiring them. Like it's how do you support them to where they don't want to leave? And so I have always been big picture. I've always been like, real change needs to happen at the top. My thing too, was that I very early on, and this led to my burnout last summer was my parents work manual labor jobs. And so my whole life, and I've always worked two things done four things, but I never really like try to do any business. It was more of just like other little part-time side, side hustles, more of like the gig economy before, you know, it was even that. And so to me, I'm like, well, my parents work all, 12 hour days, do all this, like I can work with my mind nonstop. And so I think that 
the last 10 years led to, I was at the top of my game last summer, accomplishing so many things personally, professionally, um, helping so many businesses, impacting so many people in different ways through my work that I ultimately burnt out because I just could not see the other side. And so that was 10 years of hustling so hard. And my parents, I was not equipped with mental health tools. I didn't really process a lot of things. Um, there's this um, writer, Erica Hart, who talks about like microaggressions in the workplace. And I never really saw myself as someone who experienced microaggressions because I felt like I was so um, white passing and fluid in the spaces that I was in that people didn't mind me. Either people assumed that I was Latinx or they, they didn't, they thought that I was white. And so one of the things was like, how do you move past those, those conversations um, to make people realize that like, we need to diversify the space. Mm-hmm. And like, I think just in general, I, I was watching TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> the social media. Um, but I remember there was someone just kind of in general, just talking about, you know, being Latina and what you learn from your parents is the hustle culture in a way. It's the survival kind of culture. It isn't to like, I'm going to be a millionaire. It's to survive and getting out of that mentally or learning how to find ways, you know, not to think like that is definitely something that we're challenged with. Um, and is definitely, you know, something I know going into, you know, wanting to be an entrepreneur, I was like, okay, being an entrepreneur, doing all this, you're gonna, you're gonna go through it mentally, you're gonna burn out what, you know, tools can I use to not in a way and in general, like content creation on its own, like people don't know until you do it until you do it full time that you can easily content creation, content research, you know, strategy like that's like just constant that burnout on its own, let alone everything else you're doing probably with a full time job. Like, yeah, definitely burnout is something we need to learn how to like avoid manage um and especially in the like latino community because it's like what is burnout that's bien you know you're you're fine <laughs> it that's not a thing uh we have uh work me how we have the self-care means tres asada cute shirt and sometimes you know when i have señoras you know come up to me it's like oh que significa like the first part obviously they know tres asada but self-care and i remember i was talking with like some friends latina therapists i was like how would you translate self-care and there's really no actual like translation. So like, I think that's the problem to begin with, you know, so kind of breaking through those barriers, I think is totally important and a whole nother talk or journey in it of itself. <laughs> My parents could not understand why last summer I want, I needed to take a step back because I was at the type of my game, right? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like Q4, you're like ahead 25 shots. Like, what do you mean you're going to sit down now? And I think it's because not only do, do they not have the concept or even the idea of rest was because to them, it was like, you, and this is something that they vocalized. So I know this is how they felt. They're like, you've worked so hard. Why would you stop now? What do you mean you're, you're burnt out? And I, again, my siblings really help them supportive. Like it also adds to the fact that I dealt with depression. That is something that in the last two years, I'm sure we all struggled in different ways, but for me in the last four, it was very real and I didn't have the language for it. I've only mm. been in therapy for a year and have really felt like I've overcome it in the last uh, 18 months because there was someone to give you the language. And I don't think that my parents 
couldn't understand that I was tired. I mean, they would see it. Like I fluctuated in weight. Like there was very physical evidence that I was going through something, but again, you're so successful. Like you've worked so hard. Like what I just, again, that the cultural misunderstanding. And it's funny that you mentioned like this idea of like no self-care. I've talked to my mom about that too, where I'm like, yeah, mom, I took a three hour nap because I worked really hard and I drove my brother to school and I did all these things. So I deserve it. And she was like, but you just lost three hours. And I'm like, no, I took a three hour nap. (laughs) I gained a recharge. Basically. Yeah. That's just, I, I love that you kind of bring that up. Yeah. Burnout and these fire replacements, girl, you got to be careful with it because <laughs> yeah, it will happen. I get it. Take care of yourself. Everybody, anyone in general balance. It's not about go, 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 go balance. I think in general, that's going to help you in the long game. We're not thinking short-term we're thinking long-term. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that. And, you know, you're kind of talking about like, yeah, I feel like it's a whole topic on its own. Like we need like Latinas and cannabis like segments in general, like just talking about like the whole thing with like legalization, you know, kind of people who are of color who are in prison, but then people are opening dispensaries, lack of business assistance, you know, for minority owners, obtaining opportunities for minority owners. And, you know, they're definitely those are some of the challenges, you know, we're trying to get into the cannabis industry as a marketer in the cannabis industry. Like what are some of the challenges you face when it comes to marketing for cannabis? Like, are there no no's that like kind of make it difficult? Obviously, you know, (laughs) the biggest challenge for cannabis marketing is the fact that you don't own your platform. So Facebook and Instagram still continue to shadow ban. There has been a growth in cannabis content on TikTok. And my personal opinion is like, it's been very sexual. And I think that's a problem Mm. in our industry. Um, I have no problem with women owning their sexuality. I have a problem with mostly male owned companies using female, using femme, using sexual, you know, imagery to sell bud, to sell Mm. cannabis. Uh, I also am over the word marijuana. Like people should know their history. Um, It, was it was coined to make it sound more Mexican, more foreign and more scary. It is mm-hmm. cannabis, like there's history and even traces of it to, you know, like historically used in, in like China. And so I think that one of the things in our culture and unfortunately is the war on drugs because it gets equated to gang life. So I, you know, have uncles who grew up in that when they came to this country because there was no option for them. And my parents were so young, there's no real way to help them. And so I'm at a point where in my life where I think I feel more comfortable in talking about my background and talking about my experiences because I have these successes that are able to back me up. And and I think as a Virgo, you need that reassurance. But that is why I've been going so ham in the cannabis industry to bring more people into it because you don't need to touch the plant. The term is ancillary, which means HR, marketing, sales, design. One of the biggest challenges now in that marketing space is not looking the same. Everybody is so tied to the the leaf emblem, you know, Mm -hmm. green. So trying to stand out, I think that Again, when there's more innovation and diversity, there's a lot of Latino-owned brands that are Latinx, Latine-owned brands that are really stepping up in the product side, in the accessory side. There are a couple different agencies across the country. So one of the biggest challenges is because it's not federally legal, everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a state-by-state play. 
Mm, interesting. Good to know. Good to know. But definitely glad it's legalized in Illinois so that you can do your thing and we can, you know, see a little bit more creativity in that space. <laughs> For sure. Okay. So before I get into the lightning round questions, uh, one last question. What goals do you have for yourself? You're Virgo. I know you got them all. Since we're all besties here, I'm going to share my biggest goal that's been on my vision board in the last year is I want to build a compound in Mexico. So where my parents are from, I want to build in Toluca, you know, very close to the city, kind of meet my parents halfway from their little towns. And it's been a dream of mine of being able to leave Chicago in the winter and being able to do work, you know, Mm. being able to land in Mexico and be home. So that's been on a vision board for a while, just owning Mexican land. Um, more realistically, my 30, 60, 90, um, I think it's being able to come back off the bench. You know, I took six months to recharge, refocus. It was 10 years of just grinding to a halt and serving other people and living other people's dreams and, and going for things that would set me up to be able to take a break. Um, I was so thankful that I was able to take a break because I got closer to my siblings. Like I drive my 16 year old brother to school like three times a week. So I'm able to hang out with him, you know, even this little exchanges and that truly was made possible. Not only my hard work, but the sacrifices that my parents continue to make. Um, So that's what really excites me of like, how can I build a future for them? Um, and, a, and build a future where my siblings do not work to be 60 to retire. You know, we should work to be 35. You know, my five-year <laughs> plan is, is FIRE, which is retiring early um, and, and teaching my siblings financial literacy. I, my, my sisters and I and my brother, you know, I, I think are the fruits of my parents' labor. And so when I think about how we can make an impact as, as, as a unit and into the world is, is how we contribute to our community. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you finished grad school early. You did a lot of things early. I think I think you will definitely meet those goals <laughs> for sure. Um, OK, so now we have a lightning round question. So first thing that maybe comes to mind, you can expand a little bit. Everybody usually does. <laughs> Who is a Latina that inspires or motivates you? So I really love Julie Prado, who is Resource Girls. Yeah, I have never even considered product, but just seeing her trajectory because I did follow, start following around you know 2019. Another big one I will do too because they're they're both West Coast baddies that deserve a shout out is Brittany Chavez, who is building out Shop Latinx, which is the commerce platform highlighting Latinx brands that you can shop from. Both of them, I feel like started out at the same time I did. And I found them on Instagram around the same time, 2018, 2019, when I was starting Canon Marketing U, I was still trying to, you know, climb tech. And so they continue to rise, they continue to innovate. And that inspires me because we, I feel like we have the same story, right? Where we just wanted something and went after it in different ways, in different ways. Nice, nice. I've heard of the Shop Latinx. I didn't know who was behind it. So wrote that one down. Going to follow her for some inspo as well. Okay, nice. Next question. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Your advice is better, right? No, <laughs> don't worry. That's the next question. <laughs> so, so, so funny enough, this is a tough one because I think that I have struggled with taking advice oh. and so like, what is the best <laughs> advice that I did not take? No, I think, I think, um, 
asking for help. That has been a big mm-hmm. one. I had mentors who's, who had to pull me aside and you're like, you're doing too much. You need to ask for help. And it was because shit was hitting the fan and it was too late. Mm-hmm. So I think that's my thing where I feel so capable of doing things. Um, funny enough, one of the love, love languages that I really ad- love is acts of service. And I think it's because it's tied to my inability to ask for help. See, I'm over here, free psychoanalysis, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Always analyzing. <laughs> nice. Okay, so next question. You probably have a lot of these then. What is a piece of advice you would give anyone wanting to pursue a career like yours? Don't tie yourself to a title. So don't tie yourself to CMO, marketing manager, director, tie yourself to skill sets that you want to grow into or already have. One of the things that I think slowed me down in getting into tech was that I wanted to be a content manager and I didn't even understand what that was, right? I wanted to write, create social media, but my your industry, so many industries are so broad. So really like niche down, figure out what you want to do and allow yourself to think outside the box. Don't feel inadequate. That's another thing too, where I feel like, especially early on in my tech jobs, like I didn't hit that three to five year experience, especially when you're one year starting out, two years starting out. And I, I had a teaching background. I didn't really have a marketing experience to get into tech. So learning how to leverage what you know into getting where you want to be. Um, I'll add a second advice to that is like trusting the process Mm. and just allowing yourself to not compare where other people are at. Um, Our generation too, now we're seeing the kids be more successful in easier ways. And I think it's because they've been able to take what they know in the digital space and and grow that way. Mm -hmm. I'm so jealous of Gen Z. I was like, I was born too early. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Um, what is the best resource that has helped you along your journey? A book, a podcast, an app, workshops? YouTube. Mm. I, I People don't realize it's like one of the bigger search uh, bars compared to Google. I learned a lot from YouTube, especially when I was in between um, grad school going for marketing and in trying to get a marketing job. So all the lingo, like there's so many different free content that you can teach yourself to then start building portfolios. Like one of the very first things that I did when I wanted to be a copywriter, when I had zero experience was like, I put up the most janky little landing page with a blog mm-hmm. that I didn't even nurture. It was like insane. It looked insane. Looking at it now, I'm like, wow. Cause I saved screen grabs of it. Um, but it, it just pointed to credibility. I'm like, well, I'm being a copywriter and it, it points to something. So I think that when you don't feel adequate, even having like a visual aid or a, a supporting tool helps you along the way. Mm, for sure. Yeah. Learn everything on YouTube. YouTube is actually my YouTube channel is what I use to like, I was like, this is how I'm marketing myself to get into marketing. <laughs> so yes, YouTube in many ways. Um, okay. Next question. If there is anything you could change about your journey, what would it be? I think it's because I was an only child for 10 years. So my siblings and I have like a almost 10 year gap. Um, I always wanted to be a twin. So when I was younger, I always wanted to have a twin. I love parent trap. Like I was obsessed with twins for a long time. I wanted twins. And I think it was because this idea of looking for validation outside of yourself Mm -hmm. and wanting someone else to provide that for you. So thinking of ways that you can just trust that you are who you are and who, where you need to be. Nice. And also ways you can take up multiple empires. No. <laughs> That'll be your business partner. 
That's awesome. Okay, last question. Where can listeners connect with you online? Drop all the handles, all the websites, everything. Okay, so Instagram, you can find me at Ray Del Tech, R-E-Y-D-E-L-T-E-C-H, Ray Del Tech. And on Twitter, you can find me at Liz.E-T-H, L-I-S-D-O-T-E-T-H. I was just going to say to learn more about Canon Marketing U, you can also visit our website at C-A-N-N-A marketing letter U.com. Awesome. And I will make sure to link all of those in the show notes so you guys can click, follow. Definitely going to have to keep up with some Latinas and cannabis marketing, cannabis. Like, let's let's mix it up here. Super excited to have had you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm I hope everybody just there's so many little seeds of information here uh, and just inspiration in general. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to follow all of Lisbeth's handles and the Work Miha podcast to find and just be inspired by more amazing mujeres. Thank you so much. And we'll talk next time.